little bit of food there, so entice you a little bit to go meet him. Uh, but he's a he's a great guy. Looking forward to working with him and seeing what he can uh, what he can bring to uh, Avery Avery County Baptist Churches. Uh, we're going to be over in First Kings chapter nine. First Kings chapter nineteen. Sorry, First Kings chapter nineteen. For the majority of y'all, you'll probably sleep through this sermon this morning. Just so you, I just be really honest with you. I'm going to talk about something that's taboo, something nobody wants to talk about, but it's affected every single one of us at some point in our life. And just bear with me, all right? I, again, it may seem a little boring, but it, if, it, if it touches one person this morning, it's worth it all. It's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a week. Uh, I've studied on this, and I've went back, and I think uh, when we was over studying the book of Psalms, a couple years ago, there, and I don't remember, Keith may remember which one it is, but there was a couple psalms in there that David wrote, and David, he was just depressed. Remember those? We, we talked about that. It was just one of, the, one of them really got to me just to read it. Well, I've been reading Elijah, about Elijah this week, and studying a little bit over here in Kings 19 about Elijah. So one of the greatest things that ever took place that's been recorded in the Bible uh, especially in the Old Testament, and it's one that I absolutely love to read about. Just It just shows God's power. It's when Elijah calls down fire from heaven, and, and you know, he, he calls out the... Um, uh, he, he, it's just... I can, I, I'll get into it here in just a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But uh, it's just one of those amazing stories in the Bible. And this morning we're going to look at something that it plagues a lot of people in our society. And it's getting worse. It's gotten worse over the past couple of years. And it is depression. It's one of those things that we don't like to talk about. But a lot of people uh, have gotten depressed over the years, especially the past couple of years. And, and it needs to be addressed because there's things in the Bible that God has done and God will show us today through what we're going to study. Uh, God can bring us through this. Everybody, you don't have to be in a deep depression. I mean, you don't have to lock yourself up. But a lot of times people will just get down because of some things, some events that go on in their lives. And, and so we're going to look at Elijah, what he went through, and, and we'll see what the Bible has to say that God has uh, in store for us as a cure for depression. And to do that, we're going to take a look at the time in the life of pro the prophet Elijah. Now, again, one of the greatest things that took place was where he called down fire from heaven and burned up the altar and all that stuff. Uh, but before we read Psalm 19 here, 1 Kings 19, I'm sorry, uh, I, I want to fill you in on what took place right prior to what's getting ready to happen in, in this point in his life. Elijah had just finished experiencing one of the greatest displays of power, God's power, ever recorded in the Bible. The greatest. Uh, one of the things in, when I was over in Israel, all three times I've been there, this is one of the places where I love to go, is on this mountain where God sent down fire. And you just it's just amazing to be up on top of this mountain and think about what took place. When you stand there and you read this story, that's one of the stories that, of course, we read uh, while we were there. It's just, it just blows your mind just how powerful a God that we serve. And the faith that Elijah had. Elijah had uh, just... If you think about over 800 people, uh, these prophets, coming in and, and, and him by himself, 800, over 800 to 1. And the faith that Elijah had at this time in his life to call down fire, to call out these false prophets, and, and to have the faith to call God out and, and, and obey him. 
and to see what happened. That just I, I love that story about Elijah. So he ordered these 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah to come together to Mount Carmel and, and to have a, it's a battle of the gods, to be honest with you. You had all the little G gods, and then you had the big G God, and he, there was a battle that took place here. So there, the, the false god worshipers had to set up this altar. We know the story, and they had to put the bull on the altar, and they would go out, and they'd sing and dance, and they, they'd pick on Elijah for a little while about his god sleeping. And, and I mean, it was just, you know, there's just a lot going on right here. So finally, we know what happened. God sent down the fire. He burned up the altar, burned up the bull, all that took place there. So this was a high for Elijah. Elijah he rode out of there on cloud nine, just one of the greatest events to take place in, in history, actually. And so the next thing we see here um, in chapter 19 where we're going to read, we see that Jezebel, the wife of King Ahab, ordered the death of Elijah. So this man went from a great, great high in his life. It's one of the greatest things that ever take place for someone to witness something great. We've all been there. We've all had a great high in our life where something where God has just showed up. He's done great things in our lives. We've had seen growth, spiritual growth. We've seen additions. We've seen all these things take place in our life. We've had this high in our life, and then all of a sudden somebody will jerk the rug out from under you. Well, that's what Jezebel is getting ready to do. So Jezebel is going to have Elijah killed. Now, that'll bust your bubble, won't it? Just the thoughts of somebody putting a hit out on you that'll kind of send you into a spiral really, really fast in your life. So Elijah, again, going from a great high, and now he's running. He's going to start running. That's where we find ourselves, coming from a great high into a great low. It throws us into a great depression. It throws us into something that we've never experienced before. We don't know how to, we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to get through it. We try to handle it on our own. We try to do things on our own, and we know that it, it, it can't happen. And as we read, you're going to notice that he really slips into a serious time of depression, a serious time of loneliness, a serious time, not just a time of loneliness, not just a time of depression, but it is serious what he's getting ready to go through. And if you've ever experienced anything like it, you're going to pick up on it pretty quick. If you've ever experienced a time of, of sorrow, a time of depression in your life, you're going you're gonna to sense it as we read this right here. But from these verses, we're going to see God's cure for depression, how, how we, each one of us, are to face it head on with Him because He will get us through it. If you've got your Bibles open to 1 Kings 19, if you stand with me just a moment, 1 Kings 19 verse 1 is where we'll start. Bible says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, or Judah, sorry, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. 
And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto the cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came, came to him. And he said unto him, What dost thou hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. They seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What dost thou hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord thy God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets, and with the sword I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Skip down to verse 18. It says, Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have been have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Let's pray. Father, this morning, again, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the encouragement that we'll find through these verses. As, as sad as it sounds of a, of a situation that Elijah's going through, there's encouragement there for somebody in this church this morning. God, I pray that they would open up their eyes, their hearts, they would listen this morning to your words. Lord, they'd listen to what you have to say to each one of them. God, I pray that you would just uh, be present. Uh, we know that uh, you're, you're a present help in a time of trouble. And Lord, I pray that if there be someone here in trouble this morning, that they would turn to you. God, we know what you can do. We've seen what you can do. We've read what you can do right here, what you've done with Elijah. We've seen what you've done prior to this depression where you sent down the fire. We've seen your power. We've seen your might. And we've seen your love. And God, I pray today that your love would just be seen and be glorified. We pray to God this morning that whatever takes place inside these four walls will glorify your name and again just be a help to someone lord we thank you for your many blessings this week and i pray god that you would continue to to move in our lives move in this church and lord we just thank you again for all that you're doing i'll ask your son's name we pray amen you can have a seat no i'm not depressed for y'all that are sitting there this morning thinking lord what's going through preacher's mind it ain't me I promise you it ain't me. I'm about as happy as you can get right now. I don't feel the best this morning, but I, I'm just as happy. As, I mean, we're less than 10 days away from getting a boy. So, uh, should be around October 7th or 8th is what they're saying now. They're going to induce her. So I forgot to tell you all that earlier. So I probably won't be here. I know we, 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 we did. We went. We told the doctor it has to be on Lily's birthday. That's, that's, that's what we told them. And so they're, they're, they're shooting for it, just so you know. 
Um, so <laughs> first thing we're going to look at this morning, depression can come after dealing with trying times. And that's, that's probably the, the time that we, we get into the way that we feel. And again, we've all been in, we're not exempt from it. There ain't a soul in this church this morning that's exempt from depression. We all get a touch of it every now and then. What happens here in the next few months with a lot of people? They don't like fall, they don't like winter. And I don't know what's wrong with you people. It's the best time of the year. I mean, look at this church. Look how beautiful. Thank you, Doris and Jerry, for this, by the way. This place is gorgeous. It's my favorite time of year. Why will people get depressed in the winter months? I, I don't know. Y'all are just weird. But that happens. People get depressed certain times of year. When else do we get depressed? Anniversaries. Not anniversaries like, I mean, I wasn't depressed yesterday. That was our 17th anniversary yesterday. I wasn't the least bit depressed. But depressed, depression comes on when there's an anniversary of the loss of a loved one. That's when it, you know, that's when it kind of it hits hard. You, you kind of stop and you, you think about it and you just kind of, just, just leave me alone today. That's, that's kind of the way that we go about it. If you'll look back over at verse 1 again, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the, the gods do to me, and more also, it I, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, trying times can be an open door for depression. Trying times. Times that we can't handle. Times that we go through in our lives where it's almost like the devil has, has threw everything. He's opened up that toolbox, and everything that he has to throw at us, he just threw at us. Those are trying times. And, and those, circum, those trying circumstances might be Things like the death of a loved one, we've all experienced that. And that is one of the most trying things I believe that anybody, whether you're Christian or not, that's one of the, the most trying things that we'll ever experience in our lives. It might be the, a serious illness that's going on in your life or the life of someone else. That can spin you into uh, a depression, a time of need. It might be a strenuous marriage or a strenuous job that you might be working. That can do it to you. Uh, it might be dealing with... Uh, Family issues, not just uh, an illness, but it just could be some things going on inside your family that it's just absolutely tearing you and your family apart, and it can throw you into that, that depression. Uh, loss of a job, there's so many things that can do it to us, but whatever it is that's going on out there, those trying times, it's often an open door for someone to feel depressed and to feel sometimes lonely as if nobody cares or not even God cares. And it can, it can really lay a, a, a lot of weight on you. For Elijah, it was the news that Jezebel was going to have him killed. Now, I'm not sure about you, but this morning, if I found out somebody put a hit out on me, I'd be a little depressed too. I'd have a lot of questions. And then I'd call Jerry, and I'd stand behind Jerry. <laughs> For whatever reason, I'd just hide behind him. But I would be a little depressed too, knowing that I just experienced one of the greatest things in my life, probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened on earth with, you know, the exception of a flood or some things like that. But one of the greatest things that where we physically got to see God come down from heaven through fire and burn up this altar, one of the greatest highs Elijah probably will ever experience, and now somebody wants to kill me. Yeah, that'd do it to you. That'd do it to you in a heartbeat. And so now he's got to run. He's, got, he's running from Jezebel. He's running from the, the hitmen that, that have been called out for him. You know, one of the things 
انا آه I've ex Phew. I've experienced a lot in my life. Really, really good. Really, really bad. I've never experienced anything so bad where I felt like I needed to die. I've never been so depressed that I felt like I couldn't make it anymore. I've never ran to God and said, God, take me out. That's what Elijah's going through. When my grandpa passed away, phew. That's the toughest thing I've ever done. Emotionally, I was drained. I was a little depressed. Who wouldn't be? But not one time did I leave my house and go into my study and pray, God, just take me out. I can't do this anymore. I didn't find myself sitting in the woods under a tree and saying, Lord, I can't do this. Take me out. It's never come to that point, and I, and I, don't, I pray that it never does. When you get to that point, you found your weakest point. You're in the right place. Elijah was in the right place. He was crying out to God. Now, what? he wasn't crying out for the right reasons, but he was still praying to God at this time. He was still reaching out to God for help. He needed some relief. Like Jerry Clower said, remember when, in, or when they got up in the tree, they's, that bobcat up in the tree, he said, shoot in here amongst us. One of us needs some relief. That's the same thing with Elijah. He's saying, Lord... Do something to me, somebody, I need some relief. Either give Jezebel some relief or give me some relief, but Lord, shoot down here amongst us. Somebody needs some relief. I need help. He did the right thing. He cried out to God. Now, we all get to that point, and it's going to be a stressful time in our lives. When we get to that point in our lives, do what he did and cry out to God. But cry out for help. The things that, that I went through in my life, and we'll probably, I have to address it again. I mean, that's, that's part of living, is going through the loss of loved ones. But the things that I went through to help me through this time of grief or loss or whatever you want to call it, it was all laid out before me in the Bible. The way that I got through it, was by following what God had told me to do and what He's told each one of us to do. That's what we have to do. To get through your situation, you follow the Word of God, and He'll bring you through it. The second thing, prayer. Prayer is vital during times of depression. Look at verse 4 again. It says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. When we have those times of depression or sadness, we have the tendency to want to close ourselves 
off and, and not talk to anyone. We don't want to be around anybody. And that's okay. It's all right to be like that. I, honestly, I, I don't see a thing wrong with it. To, to just have some me time, but with God. Sometimes I just don't want to talk to people. I don't want to be around people. There's times in my life I don't like people. And I just want to be by myself sometimes. And that's okay. Not even to God, though, whenever uh, Elijah was going through this. He didn't really want to be around anybody. But he still, deep down, decided he needed to, to pray and talk to God. But sometimes we get into a, a, a time in our lives where we don't want to talk to anybody, don't want to be around anybody. We don't even want to talk to God that much. But when we do, our prayers don't even mean much because we, we're just that down and out. God shows us something right here in this verse that I want you to pick up. And talking to him about what we're going through, is it's vital. He knows our hearts. He knows what we're going through. God knows and, and has experienced everything that we're going through, so, or Jesus has. And, and so what God wants from us is very simple. Talk to him. Just talk to him. He wants to hear from us. He wants, to, he wants to hear our hearts. He wants to know that we truly need Him, that we truly trust in Him. And so when we cry out to Him, we know that it's real. He knows that it's real. Psalms 46 one says, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. That's our refuge. That's why He wants to hear from us, because we know at that point in our lives that He is our refuge. He's, a, he's that that. that that cliff in the rocks. He's that, that hiding place. He's that lighthouse to go to. He's our rock. He is so much to us in that time of need. God is our refuge and strength. Did you catch that? Strength. Not just a refuge, but He is where we're going to get our strength. He is where we're going to get the power that we need, the, the encouragement that we need to get through our situation, but we've got to do it through prayer and supplication. As the Bible says, we have to go to Him in prayer to get through it. Now notice Elijah's prayer. It, it was a very honest prayer. Again, that's something that God wants from us, is a very honest prayer. And this is his prayer. He says, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. For I'm not better than my father's. Now, that's an honest prayer. That's, he said, just take me out. That's an honest prayer. Now, that's not the prayer I would encourage you to pray to God if you're struggling. But what I would tell you is be honest when you pray to God. Isn't that what he wants from us? As his children, as a father myself, all I want from my kids is honesty. God, my father, that's what he wants from us. It's nothing but honesty. Be honest with God when you pray. Which brings us to number three. Honesty before God about your feelings is vital during these times. Honesty to God. Again, I'm going to read verse four again. I love this verse. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. In Elijah's prayer, he was very honest to God about what he was feeling. Be honest to God. If you're feeling emotional, if you're feeling whatever you're feeling, be honest to God. Talk to him and tell him what you're feeling. That's one of the things that I like about being able to talk to brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Sometimes we just need to talk to somebody. And whenever we talk about and we express our feelings, and a lot of people don't like this. A lot of people are not touchy-feely kind of people, and they don't want to talk about their feelings. But if you ever have, you ever noticed how good it feels to just kind of get it off your chest? Talk about how you're feeling, what's going on in your life. Same thing happens with God. When you're open with God and honest with God, I promise you, I promise you this, you're going to lose a ton. You're going to lose a ton of weight, a ton of burden when you're honest with God and you talk to Him about what's going on. Honesty about what you're feeling is vital. 2 Corinthians 8.21 says, Providing for honest things, not only in the, in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. The sight of the Lord, the sight of men. Talk to somebody. One of the worst things you can do whenever you're, you're feeling down and out is to bottle it up. Get it out. Get it, I've learned that over the years. I mean, my struggle is not as real as some of the others, but with PTSD, one of the things that I learned a long, long time ago is just let it out. Bottling it up makes it ten times worse. Talk about it. Find somebody that you trust and talk about it. Get it out. But the Bible, and right here what Paul says, he says, providing for honest things not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Be honest with God. Be honest with your brothers and sisters. Bring it out. Let, talk to them about it. Definitely honesty before God in prayer, but also honest with someone that you feel comfortable talking to. you got to trust them. Don't talk to people you don't trust because they will spin it. They'll put their own spin on it, and more than likely, they'll tell others. You don't want that. Elijah was dealing with the fact that he wanted to die, so he was honest to God about what he was feeling. We can assume that he's probably, he wanted to probably commit suicide. I mean, he's under a juniper tree, put it all together. He's probably wanting to commit suicide at that time. If not, he could have just waited, couldn't he? He could have just, he didn't have to run. He could have just wait on Jezebel, send the hitman out, take care of it for him. But he didn't. He cried out to God. He wanted some help from God. He didn't keep anything inside. He let it all out before God. And that is what we should do. Don't bottle it up. Don't hide. Don't hide from God. You can't. It's a waste of time. Talk to Him. And again, if you know somebody that you trust, you talk to Him. The fourth thing, now this is, this is a, this one's a little different. Uh, this one, I was studying yesterday, I think that I went to the grocery store and it just dawned on me that, well, number one, I was getting ready to be broke because Maria took both the girls to the grocery store. Big mistake. But I got thinking, healthy. What did God do for Elijah at this point? Look at verse 5 again. He says, and, he, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a curse, a cruise, I'm sorry, of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat for forty days and forty nights into Horeb, the mount of God. God recognized Elijah's depression was not imaginary. God knows that whatever you're going through is not just something that you've made up. It's it's not in your mind, it's in your heart. It's, it's really dealing with you. And so God recognized that again with Elijah. It was real. It was real, and it's noticeable. Now, 
I can, I, I've got a, I'm not a judge, but I can judge somebody's character pretty quick. If you come to me and you talk to me, I can tell really fast if you've got something weighing on you. I've had to deal with it long enough now. In the ministry, you tend to be able to read people fairly fast. God could see that something was going on with Elijah. We can see it in one another when something's going on. Uh, Andrew called me out this morning. You feeling all right? She asked me this morning, are you feeling okay? Now, what'd you say? Are you, is, does your head hurt? I said, from my hair to toenails. I don't feel good this morning. You can see, you, she could sense it, I guess. It's that motherly thing you got going on over there. But we can sense that when somebody doesn't feel good, something's going on with them, you can sense it, you can tell it. Talk to them. Are you doing okay today? How are you feeling today? Elijah's depression, it was real and noticeable. It was so thick, you could have cut it with a knife. Now, God didn't say, get a hold of yourself, Elijah. He says, what's wrong with you, man? And slap him around a little bit. That wasn't how, that's not how God approaches this situation because this is an important, this is a very serious situation that we go through. And we've got to handle it with kick gloves. We've got to be sensitive to the fact that this person is, is feeling emotional right now and whatever we say and do could set them off in a bad way in answer to Elijah's prayer to die God does this thing right here God just lets him sleep he just lets him sleep 23rd Psalm tells us he maketh me lie down beside still waters that's Refreshing. When David wrote that, he maketh me lie down beside still waters. He said, it's like God touching your thigh. It's like God making you stop. It's like God saying, enough is enough. You've ran too hard. You've ran too fast. You've ran too long. It is time for you to stop for just a moment and let me have control of this situation. Just stop. Same thing happened with Elijah. He let him sleep. He made him lay down. He didn't lay him down inside still waters. He put him under a juniper tree. But he still made him stop. He made him lie down. Made him rest for a little bit. What happens when we rest? If you've been sick, what the doctor, what's the doctor tell you to do? Rest. That's all he wants you to do. Just rest. If you would just get off your feet for a little while and just rest. And you rest for a couple days. How do you feel? Refreshed? Rejuvenated? So God said, Elijah, just rest. Just lay down. Just sleep a while. And while you're at it, here's something to eat. I don't, every time I read that about the cake of bacon right there, I just, I, just want, I just want a biscuit. I don't know about y'all, but every time I read that, about that cake bacon on the coal, I just want a biscuit. So he baked him a biscuit. I'm just going to call it a biscuit. So God, or the angel, made him a biscuit. Woke him up, said, eat it, go back to sleep. We've got to take care of ourselves. There are times in our lives where we can let things of this world weigh us down to a point where we get unhealthy. That's what I was getting at about them going grocery shopping, getting healthy stuff. We've got to take care of ourselves whenever times wear us out, wear us down. What do we do? We tend to eat unhealthy. We'll get, what do y'all get? It's always the chocolate ice cream, ain't it? You've got to get the ice cream out. You've got to get the sugars out. And you sit and you binge watch Netflix for like five days straight and you just sit and eat junk because you're 
That's what you're supposed to do, evidently. But no, that's not what God says to do. He put him down, he made him rest, and he fed him. We are to take care of ourselves. You're going to feel worse if you keep eating that junk food. Eat healthy. Take care of yourself whenever you're not feeling right about whatever, whatever situation might be, depression, whatever it is. Take care of yourself. Don't let the sugars and the sweets of the world get you down because it's not healthy. What I want you to see is that God fed Elijah, then he got him up and out of the cave. That's what I want you to look at for just a second on this one. He let him sleep, he fed him, he let him sleep, he fed him, and he fed him meat, and he went on for 40 days and 40 nights. He gave him strength. He said, get out of the cave and get gone. Get over yourself. Now, God, if that had been me, I'd have said, suck it up, Nancy, move on. That right, Abby. Suck it up and move on. That's not God. God ain't going to tell you suck it up and get out of here. God's going to nourish you. He's going to take care of you. He's going, to, he's going to furnish for you. He's going to give you what you need to give you the strength, to give you the might to go about your business and to move on. But he's going to tell you, you got to get out of the cave. You can't sit here in this cave. You can't sit here under this juniper tree. You can't just sit and waller in your self-pity forever. Here's some meat. Here's a biscuit. Here's some rest. Now go. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself in these times that you're going through. Get up and move out of that cave. That's what God did for Elijah. And I know that's what God will do for each one of us. He'll nourish us. He'll give us rest. The Bible tells us He will. He'll give us rest. And then He's going to move us on our way. Fifth thing, to overcome these, these tendencies that we have, these depressions, we need to know that we are not alone. I think that's where a lot of people get this. They feel alone. They feel like there's nobody left around them. Verse number 9 says, And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What dost thou hear, Elijah? Verse 18 tells us, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. You need to understand something this morning. You're not alone. You've never been alone. God promised us that He would never leave us nor forsake us, which means you'll never be left alone. God is there. God is here. And not that I'm any better, but I'll be honest with you, I'm here for you. And not that y'all are any better than me or God, but I know the church well enough to say this, we're there for one another. That's why I love the church. We're there for one another. Now, it might not be that we send out a call tree and tell everybody that so-and-so is depressed, but it might be that you confide in one of the church members here about what's going on in your life, and you just talk. That's fine. The rest of us don't need to know about it. Leave it there. But you are not alone. You've got God. And you got this church. If you're a follower of Jesus, just like Elijah was with God, you need to understand that He's taking care of you. He will always take care of you. Through thick and through thin, it's like 
reading those wedding vows, for better or for worse, for sickness and health. And I can't remember the rest of them because I have to write them all down. But whatever they are, when you read those wedding vows, that's the way I look at God. He's not going to leave us whenever we're not feeling good, whenever we're not healthy, whenever we're broke as convicts. He's not going to leave us. He's going to be right there with us. I read it. I was reading a story this week on, I love World War II stuff, and it's talking about these Allied troops that were making their way across Europe, and they was going to fight Hitler. They was going to fight Hitler's army. And they came across this bombed-out building that had this inscription. It was carved in the basement wall, and it said this. And I believe this. It says, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when it's not shown. Now listen to this. And I believe in God even if He doesn't speak. That's pretty deep, ain't it? And I believe in God even when He doesn't speak. Sometimes we don't hear what He has to say. A lot of times it's our fault. A lot of times it's us. It's just us. We don't want to hear what He has to say. I believe in the sun when it's not shining. I believe in love even when it's not shown. And I believe in God even if He doesn't speak. When a person is depressed, they they don't think God's doing much of anything for them. They have no hope. They have no confidence. And it's like God's really not even there for them. But we know that's wrong. A person in depression needs to realize that just like Elijah... God is working in their lives. We need to realize through whatever we're going through in this life right now, whether it's the highs or the lows, whether we're seeing fire come down from heaven or we're running from a, a, a hitman, whatever it might be, God is there. God is listening. God knows what's going on in your life. God cares. He loves us, and so He wants to help us. God is always with us and always will be with us. Even if you can't see Him. Even if the fire ain't coming down from heaven or we're not following a, a pillar of smoke in the day. Even though we might not think that we can see Him, He's still there with us. Right there. Remember when Jesus went on back to glory. He said, I'll, I'll not leave you comfortless. He said, I'll leave you a little something. Something to remember me by. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. So we still got it. You might not see it, but you ought to be able to feel it. Maybe today you or somebody that you know or love is, is dealing with whatever, depression, whatever it might be, loneliness, whatever. I'll be honest with you. Those people need prayer. Maybe you know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody here is dealing with it or not. Obviously somebody I know in here is. The <laughs> Lord wouldn't let us on my heart. They need prayer. That's all I can say. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. John 8, 36. I'm going to close with this verse right here. I think y'all know it. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. People need to be free from the bondage of sin. We know that. We need to be freed... From the bondage of depression. I think we know that. So as John says here. If the Son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. 
That's the only way that you're going to get freed from the bondage of that sin or from that depression is through Jesus. We need that prayer. We need to prayer warriors in our churches. And we need those that we're confident in in the church to speak to, to talk to. We need that. Each one of us needs that. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Like I said, that may not be for anybody but one person here, but that's totally fine. Thank you all for staying awake. Thank you for not sleeping. Keith said Maria would be out. <laughs> She'd be sleeping during this. I'm dead serious about that. Again, it, it's one of those taboo topics that we don't talk about or preach about very often, but I'm very serious when it comes to this. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. There's tons of people in this church. You can call me anytime. Talk. Don't build it up. Don't bottle it up. Get it out. It'll do you some good. I promise you that. Let's pray. Father God, this evening as we close out the service, God, we thank you again for the ear that you have lent us. Lord, for being able just to, to listen to our hearts, to Lord, to sense and to know that, that somebody's in pain or somebody needs... Uh, they just need a touch from you today. God, I pray that they would feel that touch from you. And I pray they would cry out to you, God, for any help that they may need. Because you're, you're there. You're, you're present in a time of trouble. We know that. Lord, I pray that today as, as we leave this place, if there'd be one here that's dealing with any type of, of, of lostness or loneliness or, or depression, whatever you want to call it, God, I pray that they would leave here more confident knowing that in these times of need that you're there with them these times of trouble, these times of sorrow that we're going through right now in this world, you're still there with us. God, we thank you for that. And Father, I pray that uh, as, a, as we move forward in this week, that we would just continue to move forward in, in your promises. We continue to move forward on your word, knowing that you're there with us, and God, knowing that you're going to comfort us when we need it. Lord, for those objects of prayer that were mentioned this morning, Father, I pray that you would just continue to move in those, those requests. Lord, I've got a special object on my heart. And you know what it is. God, I offer it up to you. Lord, I give it to this church as well to join me. We all have those on our hearts. We all have those objects that are unspoken. But Lord, you know them. And God, I pray as a church we'd come together and we'd pray for those unspoken. We'd see your healing hand. We'd see a great movement in the lives of those that are crying to you. We've seen you do great, mighty, and powerful things. And we look forward to what you have in store for those objects that we have on our hearts. Lord, I pray that you keep us safe in our travels this week. Lord, be with us as we go to work, go to school, do whatever we've got to do this week. Lord, keep us safe and bring us back here at the next appointed time. We love you. Father, we praise you. I listen to your son's sweet, holy, and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. <laughs>